0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today, you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. So, I need to warn you this morning about something that could make it dangerous for you when you come to church. And what could make it dangerous for you is not the virus or anything like that. It's, well, it's me. I'm what makes it dangerous. Some of you have been on the receiving end of what I'm going to talk about. Uh, For some reason or other, when I'm I'm in here and around people and I stand and I talk to people and then I go to go somewhere, I just turn and and start going, and inevitably I, boom, I, a couple of the, our smaller ladies, I've almost knocked on the floor. <clears throat> Boom, right? And my wife is like, you gotta watch where you're going. You have to look where you're going. So I try and I learn, you know, and anyway, but it, I am a potential danger to you. So if you see me nearby and I'm not looking at you, look out. <laughs> okay? Now, so Glenda's right, I need to Look where I'm going, right? I need to look in the direction that I'm headed. Uh, now, thankfully, I don't have that same problem when I'm driving. That would be bad, wouldn't it, right? No, driving, you know, I, I, I typically, I, I look down the road. and you know, I don't look right. I look down the road, see where we're going, all that. Yeah, and you see other things. And you can see your rearview mirror, but you look down the road, right? That's what you need to do to get there. And so um, same thing's true in our life. We're talking about the, this idea of pie in the sky, right? And that has that negative connotation. If this is the first of these sermons you've heard, the series, then uh, let me clear. pie in the sky usually has a negative feel to it. right? Oh, that's just pie in the sky. That doesn't Well, what I want to tell you is the pie in the sky is real. Uh, that Jesus is real, right? Heaven is real. Eternity is real. That's where we are going, and that is a time when all will be made right, right? And, and the, there will be no coronavirus in heaven, okay? I mean, things like that, right? And so this is real. So I'm just saying, yeah, that pine sky is real. And it ought to then affect how I live today because the things I do today affect that. So it's, it's, it's not just someplace out there. There is a sense in which it's someplace out there in the future for us, but it's also here and now. and and it's all intertwined. This is why we, we talked two weeks ago about which life are you longing for? And then we talked about which world are you loving? And today, I want to talk to you, let's ask the question, answer the question, which direction are you looking? You need to be looking in the right direction, all right? So let's go to the Word of God and see what it has to say to us about this. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. No, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Page 1329, it's in the Bible there under the chairs if you need a Bible. And again, I always encourage you to follow along and we'll give you page numbers as needed. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in uh, the verses immediately preceding what we're going to look at, Paul is talking about all of the hardship all of the difficulties and the challenges that he's had of serving Christ in his life. And then he gets down to verse 16 and he says this, therefore we do not lose heart. Well, wait, Wait a minute, how don't you lose heart, Paul? Well, because he understands some truths here. He says, therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And so, when we become followers of Jesus Christ, that moment when we acknowledge that we've sinned against the holy God and need a Savior, and we put our trust in Jesus who died for our sins and rose again, and we place our faith in Him, we talk about re- uh, receiving Christ as Savior. We also talk about this as being saved. You know, not only at that moment are all sins forgiven. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, not only when this life is over will we have eternal life. You know this fly in the sky, good place that we're going. But God himself moves in. He moves in and we are born again deep down inside. And and so his life moves in and begins working and bubbling up and changing us and challenging us in in good ways. Uh, And so what he says is that, yeah, look, what's happening outside in my life could look really bad. You know, I could be sick. I could uh, be having problems with people, financial problems, I, whatever. He says, that's real. But I don't lose hope because guess what? On the inside, new life. And it's like new every day. And it's, it's, it, he's there to sustain us. And, and so just let me say to you that and we're talking about recognizing this within. But where does this within come from? Where does this life from within come from and where is it sustained from? Here with me? No, with what? God himself. He's the one doing this. And so, see, that's kind of the direction we want to look to the Lord to experience this on the inside. And I would just say, can any of you this year, this week, this morning, use any encouragement about I need some renewal from the inside here to be able to keep going, yeah. And that's available to us in Christ. And so we do not know what's causing those noises. It's it's not my stomach. (laughs) But this is part of what we want to fix with what we're talking to you about, all the sound and AV equipment, okay? So just bear with that. All right, so then he says this, verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So he says this stuff that's happening, first, it's interesting, he calls it a light affliction. It doesn't always feel light. But this stuff that's happening in our lives, he says God will use it and is using it for pie in the sky, eternal good kinds of things. Okay? and Which is really encouraging good news. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, so which direction do we look? We look to spiritual things. We look to eternal things. This is where, again, this idea of embracing this pie in the sky now is helpful. Okay, because I'm going to go, I'm afraid I'm going to blow up <laughs> just a minute. All right, so um, that that's, helps us, right, because we, this is where we want to look. We want to make sure that we are, are, are looking in the proper direction. Let's see, I don't know what I'm doing here. What if I... See, it's not me, guys, because I can't make it happen. It just happens. Okay. Now that's on the Internet forever, isn't it? Well, that's the way it goes. So what I want to say to you is this. We get this idea of looking at the eternal, which are, are not visible to us. Looking at things that aren't seen, but they are eternal. They are spiritual. They are significant. The... Um, New Living Translation translates this part of that says we fix our gaze. We fix our gaze on these things. And so here's, here's the first challenge to you about answering this question. In your day-to-day life, pay attention to things that are eternally significant, not to things that will pass away. Now, When I say that, this doesn't mean that you don't see things that will pass away, you will. It's like when I talked about driving down the road, right? Where's my focus? I'm looking down the road. Does that mean I don't see things that go by? Does that mean I don't see things that go by? No, I do see things that go by. Does that mean I don't see things in my rearview mirror? I do, but guess which is most important to me while I'm driving, where I'm going. And so this is what, when our day-to-day lives not just when you're going to church. Not just when you're reading your Bible, but as you go out and live your life, pay attention to, to things that are eternally significant, not to things that will pass away. Um, and so the idea is this, I think you want to you sort of become spiritually attuned to things that are eternally significant. Have you ever met an expert in something, anything? That you maybe you know something about, but you meet an expert in it, and then all of a sudden they see this and this and this and this and this—all stuff you didn't see. You know, crazy thing is, if you go with someone who's really into—I don't know what it'd be called—botany, and then you know, surviving in the wilderness. You, you know, I walk down a path and a hike and say, "Oh, that's this is beautiful scenery," and they say, "Oh, you can eat that and you can eat that and you can don't eat that," and. You know, you see what I'm saying, right? It's because they've learned what to look for. And so we need to do the same thing in our lives. We need to look and say, what... What is eternally significant in my life? What, what isn't? And, and so I can focus on the right things. and we're going to learn that from the Word. We're going to learn that in our prayer time with God. We're going to learn it as we walk through the day with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit prompts us, and we, wait, wait a minute, we notice something. We're going to learn it from each other as we all do the same thing together and encourage. We can become spiritually sensitized in a good way. Now, the idea is there are lots of things that are going to pass away in your life. You know, your house is going to disappear one day. It's going to be gone to you. You are, um, your job. When you go to the heaven, your job is going to be gone. Um, your, your car, your, whatever you can think of. All kinds of things that are going to pass away. What kind of things won't pass away? Well, what kinds of things won't pass away are things that, uh, in my life, where I am, Interacting with the Lord and then doing something because it's what He's given me to do. And I've made a connection. I'm not just doing this out here on my own, I'm doing this with Him. Okay? So let's, let's think about my house. Is my house passing away? Is it? You guys don't sound convinced. I got a nice house, but it's not that nice. All right? It's gonna pass away. But, If I see this house as what God has given me, okay, and so then I seek to be a good steward of this house, and in this house we we use it as a base to, to pursue our relationship with God, and we use our house maybe as a place to open up and have somebody come in and minister to them, it's available, all these kinds of things. So the house is not spiritually significant, but my relationship with God and what I do with that house is. Do you see that? But do you see how I could become so focused on my house and miss the spiritually significant? Right? I can keep working on it and adding to it and, and upgrading it and just loving it and stand back in the, for the street and say, what a beautiful house. I love this house. And miss it. And so we don't want to do that. We want to focus. Lord, wait a minute. What's, what do you want from me here? Do you see how the Christian life, when we get it right, is totally different? Because everything becomes a point to connect with the Lord. And if something you can't connect with the Lord in it, and it's totally, then doesn't you don't need to be there. So we want to invest in these things that are spiritually significant. And. Uh, All right, so that's good. In your day-to-day life, pay attention to things that are eternally significant, not to things that will pass Mm -hmm. away. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Page 1351. Really familiar passage of Scripture to us. Verse 13, 14. Paul says, I brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. All right, so this I haven't arrived. I haven't grasped and got a hold of everything my life is supposed to be. Anybody besides me would agree with them, right? I haven't arrived. I haven't made it. There's so much. In fact, I was sitting yesterday and, and this, I having some time consciously present with the Lord and thinking about these things, just thinking, oh, man, I feel like there's so many things that I haven't really got a hold of like I should, you know. Um, but God is faithful he's working but so he says brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended okay I'm stopping again um, when I look at those kinds of things and I see where I have it, wow there's, I'm, I'm thinking about this sermon I'm thinking about spiritual things so many things that it's like where, why don't I have a holiness why isn't this my life already there why, do you know what I have a tendency to do Right? For those of you who are just listening, I just went, (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I struggle with that. I feel bad about it, and I I feel overwhelmed about it. But Paul says, Okay, the fact is I haven't apprehended, but we're not going to hang out there. Let's read what he says. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Another translation says, forgetting the past and looking forward. So this is another direction that we need to be thinking about where we look. You want to look to where God wants to take you, not to where your past wants to keep you. Okay? You get that? Look forward to where God wants to take you, not to where your past wants to keep you. And it does want to keep you. Uh, and what you have to do is, is avoid the trap of forgetting in your life, forgetting in this sermon series, what we're calling Pie in the Sky. You're forgetting, wait, I'm going somewhere, right? And, and that God who is alive and real in heaven is also alive and real in me. And he's promised to work in me and shape me and change me. And I can't forget that. I, that's where God is taking me, isn't it? If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, that's where he's taking you. And that's where my focus needs to be, not on where my past wants to keep me and hold me back. Uh, you know, the, the, some traps in the past. The past can be a trap to us. And, and surprisingly, your past successes and good things in your past can become a trap to you. You know why? Because you begin looking to those things instead of looking to God. Right? Right? And we we developed the wrong habits. We succeeded and we forget. In fact, I was just reading yesterday. Of all things, I decided to read from the book Habakkuk. Anybody read Habakkuk recently? I was reading and I was talking about uh, the Babylonians who were going to come against God's people, what was going to happen. But it talks about how they were just... Overwhelming, you know, nation after nation. It's about casting their nets and pulling people in and casting their nets and getting rich from it. And then it said this, and, and I'm paraphrasing, it says, and then they worshipped their nets. They worshipped what? Had gotten them these things, these, you know, riches and wealth. And so in our past, our successes, and how do we succeed? What did we do? If we, we can begin to worship that, you know, give it, trust it instead of God. All right, so that's how success is. But more often than not, the things in our past that, that trap us are the negative things. We have traumatic events in our past. Sometimes when we we're little kids, sometimes when we we're older. Traumatic events that, that make us fearful, you know, make us not want to go somewhere or do something. Uh, we have violations of trust in our past. People who have violated our trust. And that's a hard thing, right? How do you trust again? And that affects, you know, how you relate to the next person who comes along and the next person and the next person. Uh, I remember talking with someone uh, many years ago now, uh, just a short time, within a couple of years after I became the pastor, and this, this lady talked to me one day and she says, you know what? I have a real hard time trusting you. And I'm like, <laughs> right? I, uh, uh, but she said, but it's not your fault. She says, I have had my trust violated people, I re- you know, and so I'm finding it hard to trust you. And that's what it will do to you, see, a violation of trust. And then our failures and our regrets, that in our past will work against us, right? Because we get down on ourselves, we, we begin believing things that aren't true about ourselves. You know, I'm not worth loving, I'm not worth caring for, I, I can't succeed, I can't do. Uh, and we believe all those things. And then there's anger over things from your past. Because that wasn't right what happened to me. That isn't right what he did or what she did. I, I want this to come out. I want it to be known. I, and there you get angry. And, and you're angry about your past. And so what happens is you become an angry person. Okay? And I think we've all known angry people. And I would venture to say some of you are... Not because I know, but because some of you are probably there today. Because here's how this works. When you have unresolved anger, and, and it's, what happens is it comes into today, and here's how this normally works. Let's envision an, an elevator. Here's the bottom floor, and here's the top floor, floor number 10. Okay, so this elevator, you know, someone gets in and pushes the button, it goes up to three, right? Someone gets back in it goes down to two. Someone gets in pushes it, you know, up to five. So it goes up to five, and then it goes back down to one, Right? but it continually goes back, eventually goes back to one. It might even go up to 10 and come back down. Well, this is the way our anger is supposed to be, that anger happens, okay, and we deal with it, we address the issues, and it goes back down. You know, okay, whatever, it might get, and occasionally it might be a 10, right, and it, but it goes back down. But we would all get what's a 10, and not, you know, what's a two. What's a two is not really a big deal. We get a little angry, right? Well, what happens when I mean, you have not resolved anger from the past over these things is here you are, you aren't starting on the first floor anymore. You're starting on the seventh or the eighth floor. And now along comes something that's really not that big a deal. It's only a two or three on the anger scale, and what do you do? Bang! You hit the ceiling. Okay? So it's these kinds of things from our past, okay? Our, our, uh, the traumatic things... Uh, the violations of our trust, our failures, our regrets, and and the the anger that lingers will trap us. Okay, So so what are we going to do about that? How are we going to deal with those things? Well, we have to see these things with a pie-in-the-sky perspective. We have to see it from an eternal perspective. We have to see it from God's perspective. Perspective, And this requires a conscious shift in our thinking. And let me say to you that sometimes, and I'm talking about this past, and, and, and you can't figure out why you are the way you are, because maybe you have an anger problem, or you, you know, you're depressed, or you are fearful, or you just can't trust, but whatever it is, you might need help. This is where just good fellowship could come in. You could just have another mature Christian you could talk about. Might help, be insightful enough. It might be that you want to talk to somebody who really understands how this works and can help you, like a counselor, okay? Uh, A Christian counselor, preferably. But the point is, you might have to get help to see and learn those things. But the idea is seeing these things from uh, the past, from God's perspective, and and the... um, Let me see how I want to say that. Yes. So when you look at who you are, your past is part of who you are. You can't, you know, go back and unpast it. (laughs) It is part of who you are. But it doesn't determine who you're going to be. Unless you let it. See the difference, right? It doesn't determine it. It's something for you to live for, not to live in. Don't live in the past. You learn from the past so you can do better going forward. But you don't want to live in the past. Learn from instead. And because really what you want to see is that God will use it, if you let him in your life, he will use it to prepare you for the things you have to deal with now and for the things that are to come. Uh, Both Glenda and I would tell you uh, in our relationship together, in our individual lives as Christians, that The hardest things from our past are where we have learned the biggest lessons about God and who he is and how he works in our lives and has enabled us to go forward with a different understanding and with not that it's never there, but with a freedom to do something different going forward. And so that's what God wants to do with our past. That's why Paul says, look, we've got to forget. He doesn't mean that, again, you don't remember them or know about them, but they aren't controlling your life. Now, does anybody ever feel like your past is controlling your life? I felt that a few times, right? My past controls, I just, you know, my past is controlling. Well, the reality is your past can't control your life because your past is where? It's in the past. It's not here. It's not now in the past now if I quit there we'd all go well, that was nice to know but the reality is is what I believe today what I believe about that and what I believe about myself because of it all of that stuff what I believe today always controls my life always controls your life can you see that is that making sense all right. So if you come to believe wrong things, you believe that you know I'm not worth loving. I believe that I am not capable of doing what needs to be done. I cannot trust anybody. I must you know stay away from people and pull back. I. If you believe that today, guess how you'll live today. Now I don't know. You guys are just so still quiet. Are, are you tracking, or is it just like, wow, that's heavy? All right. So think about that. Your past has no control over you, but what you believe about it today always does. And so guess what you need to figure out? Address what am I believing? How does what I'm believing line up with what God says? See, again, we're looking what direction? Towards spiritual things, towards eternal things. All right. Let's go to Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter 6, page 1,341. Again, very familiar verses to us. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. Paul says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Okay, so we know this law, right? The law of sowing And reaping. Another translation says it like this. That you will always harvest what you plant. And if you will always harvest what you plant. Which should you focus on most? The harvest or what you plant? I I know this isn't a trick question today. You better focus on what you're planting. Because that's going to determine the harvest. That's what's going to come in. That's the crop. That's going to come in. And so the point here is that I want you to realize is make choices today that will produce eternally significant and spiritual results in your life. Not just temporary fleshly results. Because listen, present choices will produce your future realities. Present choices will produce your future realities. So you think okay so how do I know how am I doing with this well here's a thought look at your to-do list for today or tomorrow or any average day look at your to-do list and ask yourself is this going to produce things that are eternally significant is this going to produce things that are spiritual or is this only going to produce Fleshly results. Now now, think, see what he says here. We talked about the flesh I think last week. He who sows to his flesh. And this idea of flesh is me independent of God. Me as self not, not living the way we're talking about in this whole sermon series. He says what's that going to bring you? Corruption. Problems. Trouble. Ugliness. Difficulties. But if you sow to the spiritual things, the eternal things, you're gonna have things that go along with eternal life. Eternal life, you'll have that quality of life now. Present choices will produce your future reality. So look at your to-do list and say, what's this going to produce? Well, you say, well, for me, (laughs) first thought, I say, this is great. I like this because on my to-do list is to mow the lawn. I don't think that's eternally significant. (laughs) There's particularly spiritual. Good, I'm not going to mow the lawn anymore. No, 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 no. Because I am convinced that God is the one who provided us our home. And it came with the lawn. And so if I'm going to be a good steward of my house, I have to get the lawn mowed. I can pay someone else to do it. But you understand what I'm saying, right? It's part of taking care. Of what God has given me. And if I never mow my lawn. The neighbors. I want to to tell you about Jesus. Now that sounds silly right. But isn't there some truth to that. The things. The practical things that they see. Affect how they listen to what you want to say. And that doesn't mean I have to have a perfect lawn either. So I can also miss this to say, okay, great. That means I'm supposed to take care of my lawn. Now I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on it and keep it. And I'm, going to, I'm going to keep mowing it every two or three days. And I'm going to do this. And, and then I have no time for God, for people. Well, now I've missed it, right? But when you look at your to-do list, you want to say, what is significant? What is spiritual? What is eternally significant here? And if you to really look at something and you can't figure out how that fits, you might want to say, huh, I need to figure out how to get that off my to-do list. And not do it. Because if that becomes what my life is about, I'm gonna reap the corruption, the ugliness, the problems, and I don't want that anymore. Okay? Um, so the question is, is, I think again, is where do you want your life to go? Where do you want it to go? you want to be consistent with pie in the sky where you're going and you want that reality there to be more of a reality here and now then you want to think that's what I need to look to. That's what I need to plant today. And by the way one of the things about planting <laughs> and I notice it with um, with young people teenagers when I've had them but you see it in adults too and it's the idea okay Uh, Here's the deal, you know, you aren't. Let's say you aren't cleaning your room, and we had a deal. You can't do so, therefore, you can't go online. You you can't be on social media if you aren't cleaning your room, and we've gone back and forth on this plenty of times. So here's the deal: you got to clean your room for two weeks, every day, and then I'll let you back online. Well, the teenager cleans his room one day, two days, and then comes back and says, can I go on now? I look, I've, I'm, I'm, I clean my room now. I clean my room now. It's been two whole days, right? Oh, three days, no. So the idea is, when i the times you need to plant seed of doing this right, and it's going to come in. Have, anybody ever plant seeds in a garden and they go out the next day to see if it's come up? When we had to do our septic system, we put our lawn out, a new lawn, and laid it down. I was out there every day looking to see any grass coming up. But the reality is you plant the seeds and the harvest comes when? Later, all right? So don't get discouraged. If, you, if you're thinking about this and you start making adjustments in what you're doing with your life, because of where you want to go, oh, I've been doing it a whole week. Right, it's time. Some things come in quick, Radishes grow fast. Pumpkins take a long time. Okay. And so it is in our lives. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Again, pretty well-known passage of Scripture. It comes after chapter 11, where all the people who live by faith... Uh, let's read chapter, verse 1. We'll start in verse 1. By where? Page 1383. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I think he's talking about all these people who live by faith. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And here's what I want you to see. He says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So look at Jesus as our example, who for the joy that was set before him endured. Real quick, what's the joy that was set before him? It was me. It's you. It's us. Because he's going to save us, but he had to go through this. But so, who for the joy that was set before him endured. So, this is important. When we're talking about uh, shifting your focus from the temporary to the eternal, from the physical, carnal, fleshly to the spiritual, and and, uh, planning all these things, here's the point focus on the long term blessings of following the Lord, not on short term hardships. Along the way, did Jesus experience any hardships? Did He deserve any of them? No, but it was part of what He had to do to get where He wanted to go. He had to go through this hardship because because He wanted that joy that was out there. And so I want this pie in the sky reality. And I'm going there when I die because I trusted Jesus a long time ago Savior. But you know what? I don't want to just live an ugly life now. I want to begin to experience some of that pie-in-the-sky life here now. And I can and you can. But we've got to look in the right direction. So which direction are you looking? That's a big picture of your whole life. And that's saying, hey, in any specific areas of your life, which direction are you looking? So just kind of summarizing things we've said... Continually look in the direction of eternal significance. Keep working on that. Then continually look in the direction of God's plans and purposes for you. not going to get stuck in the past. God's taken me somewhere, so I need to keep looking at that. And then third, continually look in the direction of your spiritual life and development. Keep looking there. Because obviously where you're looking is where you're going to go. Or if you stop looking, you're going to go where you don't want to go. And then finally, continually look in the direction of the joy and blessings God has for you in the future. Let's look that way and let's live this way. And then this wasn't one of the points today, but just let me sum it up. Continually look in the direction of the one who saved you. Looking unto Jesus. Keep looking. Keep looking. Keep looking. When when life falls apart, look to Jesus. When life's going well, look to Jesus. When you're trying to figure out what to do today with your life, look to Jesus. When you're trying to respond to a crisis, look to Jesus. And get this, you know this, but let's say it to ourselves again, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It'll be worth it all. That's that old gospel song. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And... and uh, Yeah, go ahead and put the next slide up. If you know this chorus, it's the chorus to the song. In fact, let me read this first to you. Here's the verses. It's an old gospel song. Sometimes the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. But Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away, all tears forever over in God's eternal day. At times the sky seems dark with not a ray of light. We're tossed and driven on. No human help in sight. But there is one in heaven who knows our deepest care. Let Jesus solve your problems. Just go to him in prayer. Life's day will soon be over. All storms forever past. We'll cross the great divide to glory. Safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven, a harp, a home, a crown. The tempter will be banished, and we'll lay our burdens down. Pie in the skies, come. coming. And then this chorus, if you know it, sing along with me. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race. Till we see Christ. And that's that eternal hope. The pie in the sky. Don't let anybody else ever tell you again that that's a negative. This is a good thing. Father, thank you for where you're taking us. Thank you that in Jesus, one day all of these troubles will be over for us, Lord. And we'll be with you. And even better, Lord, all of those troubles will have made us more like your son. And will be such an encouragement to us. Not only then, but now. I pray, Father, that you will help us uh, day in and day out as your people. Uh, working together with each other on it. And, and in our own lives with you. That we would uh, really think about what kind of life are we longing for. And, and which world are we going to love? This one or the one to come. And, and then, Lord, today which direction are we looking? I pray that we would fix our gaze. On you, on what's eternally significant, on what's spiritual. And as we do, Father, you would change us. As we plant good seed, you will slowly surely bring in an awesome, good harvest in our lives. And knowing that the hugest and best harvest awaits when we're with you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey God bless you, go enjoy some pie this week.